Hey there. Before we dive into the topic of constructive feedback, I want to thank a listener who reached out to me after the last episode on neurodiversity released to point out some grammatical errors that were caused by using the terms neurodiversity and neurodivergent interchangeably. Neurodiversity is a term used when speaking about a group. As humans, we all process information differently, therefore we are all neurodiverse collectively. Neurodivergent refers to an individual who has a less typical cognitive variation, such as autism, ADHD, dyslexia, etc. As it was pointed out to me, it's not inclusive to use these terms interchangeably. Language matters, and that is a fact. And you know what's wild about getting that feedback last week? Was that this week's episode is on providing constructive feedback. <laughs> Lene Remendino and I recorded this episode back in March, and with the production schedule change due to my dad's passing, it was due to come out this week. I love when the universe conspires like that. And three cheers to the listener who reached out to me. She was so caring and her message was thoughtful and clear about what was wrong in the last episode. Without her feedback, I would have been completely unaware of the errors in the last episode and would not have been able to acknowledge and correct those mistakes now in a timely manner. Do you ever find yourself struggling to give constructive feedback? It takes some finesse and perhaps a little bit of courage to face the unknown reaction from the person you're giving feedback to. Taking this conversation into the workplace, constructive feedback is so important because it helps team members to improve and grow. When done correctly, feedback can build trust and strengthen relationships. However, giving feedback can be tricky and it's easy to fall into common pitfalls. That's why Lene Remendino and I created this episode. She and I are sharing our insights on how to give feedback that is specific, timely, and actionable. In this episode, Lene and I are discussing the importance of setting clear expectations and building trust before giving feedback, and we've talked about clear expectations in a prior episode. We talk about how to avoid common pitfalls, such as waiting too long to give feedback or using vague terms like bad attitude, the benefits of focusing on specific behaviors and their impact on the team, how to create a safe space for feedback that encourages growth and development, and the role of active listening in giving and receiving feedback. By following these guidelines, you can provide feedback that helps team members improve and grow while also strengthening your relationships with them. If you are new to the Women Taking the Lead podcast, hello and welcome. I'm Jody Flynn, and I'm the CEO and founder of Women Taking the Lead, a leadership development company that works with individuals, organizations, and boards to close the performance gap by attracting, developing, and successfully promoting more women into senior levels of leadership. These benefits are realized through coaching, consulting, leadership development programs, and keynotes. If we are not already connected on LinkedIn, please send me an invitation to connect. You can find me directly at linkedin.com forward slash IN 
forward slash Jody Flynn, or you can search for me on the platform. I'm very active on LinkedIn, so I should be at or near the top of the search results. Be sure to add a note to the invitation, letting me know you're a listener of the podcast. I would love to connect with you and get to know you better. Hello, my friend. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Jody. It's good to see you and talk to you again. It is always good to see you and talk to you. So we're here to continue our series on uh, communication. We've talked about adapting our communication styles to others. We've talked about uh, questions and how to ask questions, um, clarifying questions to be specific. Mm -hmm. And then last week, we did a whole episode on providing clear expectations. That's right. And so this next topic, much like the other episodes in the series, built on one another. Mm -hmm. I love this topic because it completely builds on the first three episodes that we did. So, you know, at, you know, token disclaimer, like if you have not listened to the first three episodes, I'm going to encourage you to just hit pause on this episode, go back, listen to those, because this is going to really round out those conversations. And leading off with that, In regard to the episode on providing clear expectations, we really wanted to underscore before we begin the topic of providing constructive feedback to underscore how important it is to give the entire picture. When you're, you know, delivering an expectation to somebody else and what you want to do and what you expect to see from them, it's important also to give them the entire context. So what will happen if you do meet this expectation? What will happen if you don't meet that expectation. And that's in regard to natural consequences, right? If you don't meet this expectation, if you don't do what you need to do by this deadline, this project will then go sideways. And here's what will happen because of that. Or if you complete this assignment in the time that, you know, um, is outlined, all these good things will happen. So before we moved on to providing constructive feedback, we really wanted to make sure like, People need to know the big picture of things so that they can make informed decisions as they're going about their day or their tasks. So just wanted to start there. And so why we are here after first laying the groundwork of setting expectations is now you can provide feedback, right? Like Mm -hmm. Lene over and over again in the last episode if you've listened to it, you know, <laughs> you know, said she talked about alignment. Like first you got to set the expectations, you know, ask those questions, make sure they understand, make sure everyone's on the same page, have them thinking through how they're going to do things and what they want, you know, how they want to meet those expectations. But then you have to go back. We talked about accountability. You got to go back and make sure are we still in alignment? Like, how are things going? Were my expectations very clear? Lene, Mm -hmm. anything you want to add on that? Just the trust that I think we also spoke about that really it's how have you established a trusting relationship with your team members first and foremost, while setting those expectations so that you can get to alignment and accountability. Uh, It's a key component. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a huge opportunity. You were you were yeah. discussing this before we hit record. Let if you don't mind, like really sure. underscore because you do this all the time. And so and just like in in um you know clear disclosure, Lene does this on the job all the time, whereas mm-hmm. I train and talk about it. So the way we're doing this conversation is more. I'm going to be interviewing her and get boots oh, on the ground. <laughs> You know, <laughs> reports on how to do this well, because in talking to Lene, right, you can be really informed about a topic. And then when you talk to an expert, you're like, yes, yes, yes. You really know what you're talking about. So I'm going to guide her, but Lene's really going to take lead on this. So tell us about the opportunity of giving constructive feedback. So we see the opportunities for many leaders. Um, and it's no surprise because there are so many things to consider as we were talking about uh, pitfalls and the things that get in leaders way and why feedback can sometimes be such a challenge for leaders to do it successfully. I think that's why we wanted to come together to do this episode. But um, we don't consider those things often enough. And potentially as leaders, we don't lead in to prepare ourselves better. So just like setting expectations, all leaders need to evaluate their own actions and their delivery for giving the feedback because that in tune can set the tone Mm -hmm. for the team member and how they're going to show up. So there's a lot of accountability on leaders' shoulders to do this. Yes. And as with anything, nothing teaches us better than experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it is truly the best experience, um, or the, I should say the best teacher. The, these episodes as always are in the spirit of, well, let's just give you as much information as possible so you can try it out. Mistakes will always be made, or maybe I shouldn't even put it as mistakes, but there is learning to be had as we're trying out Mm-hmm. different concepts and ideas and suggestions, but all, you know, so you will get more information once you start enacting some of these things. But this is done in the spirit of it's information. It's a resource. You can come back to it. And, you know, just in the spirit of wanting to set you up for success. So yes, as Lene said, we're going to be talking about a lot of pitfalls, which can sound really scary, but rarely does one leader bump into all of these pitfalls all at the same time. It's really just, hey, just be aware of these things because this is where other leaders who've come before you have gotten tripped up. So if you know to avoid these pitfalls, you'll be more likely to make your own mistakes, right? And mistakes that feel good for you. So so Lenny, before we we jump into that, let's let's, you know, take a step back. Let's let's start big and then narrow in. So let's start with what is constructive feedback? You know, what's interesting to me, and I don't know if you feel this way, Jody, but the minute you say constructive, mm-hmm. it's negative. <laughs> and a lot of people think of it that way. But what's interesting is unless you're counseling a team member for not having the will do, can do, the ability to do the job, it's it's it should never really be counseling. It is, it should always still be supportive. And I think that that in itself is a pitfall and we'll get to that later. But I think that there's something there about understanding constructive feedback is still supportive feedback. Uh, So we want to help 
a team member identify solutions to an area of an opportunity for them. And I think it's key that they understand that this is us doing it with them, beside them, with positive intentions, with us building trust and and understanding that we are hoping to enhance something, whether it's personal or professional growth, or it's a, a task or a project that they're working on. And uh, it's also important to note that feedback is nothing but one person's perspective mm-hmm. and sometimes an opinion. And we need to help share those perspectives and those opinions. But And if you're doing it in a trusting environment and you have shaped it with positive intentions and that you're doing it supportively, then typically it's received a lot better. But that Mm -hmm. constructive feedback, it really is about helping somebody identify an opportunity that we are witnessing, seeing, hearing, that Mm -hmm. we want to help them avoid uh, a negative impact for Mm -hmm. themselves or for others. Right. Or just improve, right? Get better so their job is easier, like what they do, right? Because like if you can help somebody improve their performance and how they do things, they're less likely to run into obstacles and friction and that sort of thing. And I want to go back to what you said about how constructive feedback is perceived as negative, but like the word constructive means to build, right? It, It is a positive word. Here's where it goes wrong. One too many of us have heard somebody kind of come up to us like they have good intentions and they're like, can I provide you some constructive feedback on what you did? And you just can feel the like miss, like let's use that term, like a misalignment between what they're intending and what they're saying, right? They're saying that they have good intentions and they want to help you and that sort of thing. But really what they want to do is point out that you messed up. Right. And that's it, why this is so important for leaders to understand this, because how they start that conversation, how they share that in that realm is immediately going to set that tone. And so when mm-hmm. somebody does that, you're imme- you're like, OK, oh, my gosh, where's this going? Why? Right. Instead of it, it, they kind of we make it a thing. We make it a big thing. And sometimes it it often doesn't need to be. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be a big thing. And, and, and that's why I say provide it often, early mm-hmm. and often so that it's not a big deal. Cause if you wait and you wait and you wait, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you might even have emotion invested in what's going on. And then it becomes a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also want to add my own experience with this being a perfectionist. And I know a lot of the women listening, you know, <laughs> also like can identify as a perfectionist or a recovering perfectionist. It burns when someone points out to us that we did something incorrectly or we could have done it better. There's mm-hmm. that moment of like, Ooh, that, that stings a little bit because I want to get things right the first time. Although we can, we can say here, Like there's no such thing as perfection. There's no such thing as doing it right all the time, the first time, right? So, Mm -hmm. so just acknowledging that the person you're giving feedback to may also feel a little bit of that, even if you come with good intentions, even if you, you know, say and do all the right things, they're going to have their own experience as you're introducing. And Lene is going to get into like how to avoid the worst of this, right? Mm -hmm. So everyone's as comfortable as possible. But I will say on the flip side of things, feedback burns, but what burns more 
is knowing that somebody knew I was doing something incorrectly or that I could be doing something that would make my life easier and they didn't share it with me or they waited till I did it over and over and over again and then decided to give me the feedback. Because at that point, I was like, why didn't you tell me the first time you saw me do this? Like when you knew I was getting it wrong, Mm -hmm. why didn't you kindly point it out to me? It may have burned, but I would have gotten over it. Now I'm like feeling like a little distrustful and a little bit betrayed because Mm -hmm. it took so long. And, you know, because as that person who wants to get it right and wants to bring excellence to my work, it burns more to know that I haven't been being excellent, you know, and bringing the best to my work. So I just had to full disclosure say that like a lot of times we don't want to give people feedback because we know they might get a little bristly, but I'm telling you it's worse if you don't. That's correct. Okay. So I kind of like led into this a little bit from the personal perspective, but your hot take, Lene, why is giving constructive feedback so important, especially in the workplace? Well, I think what we don't really have anything without communication and the whole series, right, that we're doing this on has been around communication. And when we're not conversing with one another, we're not setting those expectations, we don't have the alignment. And then certainly I think it's really important that for the receiver and the one providing the feedback that did the expectations that I set for you and with you or the position set for you and the responsibilities you have in that position are all of those things coming together. Mm -hmm. And when they're not, or when uh, the expectations weren't clear or when something goes awry, have we really done our due diligence in helping level set one another and Mm -hmm. what we need to do to help that individual grow in their role. I think that's probably the most important piece is again, coming from a growth perspective and, and reminding ourselves that in some cases it is our perception and, and how we share that perception uh, is key. So that's why it's important. And correct me if I'm wrong, because as you're saying this, these conversations often become an opportunity for the leader, mm. you know, who had provided originally the expectations, giving, you know, giving feedback on how somebody is doing or whether or not they're, they're meeting expectations. What comes out of it oftentimes, and I've, I've been the leader in this situation many a time was, oh, I wasn't clear about Mm -hmm. what you need. I thought we were clear. I thought we were in alignment. I thought we were on the same page, but there's this one variable neither one of us considered in our conversation and that messed up Mm -hmm. (laughs) everything. So this is really an opportunity. Like you said, that alignment, it isn't always like me, Jody, saying to you, Lene, hey, I told you to do A and you did B. What happened? And Lene going, oh, I am so sorry. You know, (laughs) you were very clear. And, and everything was perfect, but I just messed up. It rarely is that in these scenarios. Okay, great. And I love that you said, because it falls on the leader, everything about this falls on the leader, Mm. but where it can be damaging is when the leader doesn't realize that. And when the leader doesn't maybe take a step back and really lean into themselves to say, and be self-aware to say, how could I have done that better? Mm. What could I have done differently? 
what do I need to do? Because I think we've spoken about the only thing that we have the ability to change is ourselves. But often leaders put a lot of a lot of expectation on their team members to make these changes in their behaviors or otherwise, but often don't see or aren't open to seeing what they do that created an environment with the power that they have, whether they see that power or not. Immediately, there is a power shift in the room when it is your leader giving you their perception or their uh, their opinions. And so it, it's important that as leaders, we're mindful to that first and foremost. Absolutely. Okay, so that's a great segue. So why don't we now dive into those pitfalls? What are the most common mistakes that leaders make when they're providing feedback? Jody, I, I don't know about you, but I had to laugh because as I have delivered this many times, whether it be in training sessions or whether it's coaching one-on-one there are so many. (laughs) Don't be scared, everyone. Don't be scared. But there are so many places. Yeah. Yes. And you know, you, you said something earlier, you want to kind of a caveat that not, not many leaders do a lot of these at the same time or incorrectly. Um, But I will tell you, I've had a few, right? (laughs) Many of them holistically a lot at the same time. And so being mindful of that is, important too. And I love that you're laughing right now because right before I knew we were going here, I'm like, hmm, I would really like to approach these pitfalls with a sense of humor, not to make them light. It's still important to like, think about them, you know, critically, like how how can I avoid these pitfalls? But if you hear one of these mistakes that leaders make and you're like, oh my God, that's me. I've done that. Let's bring a little bit of levity into it too. Let's, let's laugh. Like I, I am a believer that like we can get through anything with humor, right. And we can recover from anything with humor and get alignment back with humor. So let, let's, let's share these pitfalls with a little bit of like, oops. And if you've ever made this mistake, right. Okay. (laughs) No, it's funny because we, if we think about our team members and that we've ever made these mistakes with some of them. They may not be laughing in the moment, but I'll tell you what, I know me, myself, personally, years later, I continuously laugh in my head about some leaders that I've had and how they've approached things with me. And it wasn't funny in the moment, but now I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, remember <laughs> oh. that time? <laughs> yes. Right, and then we get to use them in like these kinds of sessions and talk about it, which is really, you know, again, really kind of funny in its own self. So learn from our own mistakes. That's yes. right, that's yes. right. So okay, what do you got for them. us? Yeah. So, I hear, in fact, just last week in a coaching session, I heard this one, which is leaders that want to do the sandwich effect with positive and constructive all wrapped up into a pretty picture. Okay, I'm I'm going to jump in here because I'm still hearing people talk about this. Like mm-hmm. I listen to other podcasts and there are still people who are like, so you start with something positive and then you give the, you know, not constructive, but critical feedback. And then you end with something positive. So they feel good walking away from the conversation. But how many of us have felt good? Walking. No, that, that's <laughs> the challenge. And I think it's important to note when we're sharing some of these pitfalls that 
why, you know, the what, some of the why behind the what. And, and so in this case, I think it's important. They know it's confusing for the receiver. You're good, but oh, there's constructive, but no, 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 you're really, really good. And so what is really my messaging and what mm -hmm. is the clarity that you're needing me to work on as a team member? And I think then typically um, this, whether we own it or not, I think this is more of a supportive approach for the leader than the receiver. Mm -hmm. It's like we're building these buffers because we want to be so kind. So we, we feel better. Be so yeah. yes, yes, yes. But in the end, we're the only ones that probably feel good about it. Or the team member might feel good about it. But did you really set the tone that there's going to be something constructive? corrective that's going right. to happen. And it's and not clear, right? No, it's that right. mixed message. But yeah, that's as a right. leader, you're walking away going, well, that went well. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> and it I, may not have. I think it needs to go back to the trusting relationship that we've built. I think it, this one also is if we're doing this, does your team member really know that you are beside them? And that you are here to support them and help them be successful? If you have to buffer constructive feedback, I would also ask, have you given enough praise? Have you been praising them along the way? And that when these things happen, and you need to provide any constructive feedback that you are, they know how much value you have replenished their emotional mm -hmm. bank account with all the praise so that this then doesn't become a thing. And it's not bigger than what it needs to be, because right. we're doing this beside them and helping them. I think that's key too. And I want to add to Lene, do you do agree with the concept of, you know, catch people doing things right and yes. pointing it out, right? Yes. Like when you're doing that all the time, then the constructive feedback doesn't feel so bad, right? But if they're only hearing from you when they make mistakes, they then get the impression that you only talked to them, right? Or only care about the mistakes they make or that you're looking for. The mistakes that make right. I, how many people have said like you only see, see the things I do wrong. You don't see the things I do right. And it's like no, we see them, but are we talking about them and pointing them out and saying thank you? That's right. That's right. I love that you shared that. I think there's something so imperative in how we're able to just have open dialogue, and if we do it in a supportive way. Uh, often this is going to be one of the pitfalls we'll get to in a minute, but it, often this can sound like counseling and it's how do we avoid that? I don't know about you, but I have discovered amazing music, books, TV shows, movies, restaurants, and podcasts for sure because a friend or colleague told me about it. Our network, made up of friends, family, colleagues, and acquaintances, are a vital source of information and access to resources for us. If you find the content and suggestions from this podcast valuable, could you do me a huge favor? Could you share it with a friend or colleague? Typically, the best way to share a podcast is to share a specific episode that made you think of the other person. You can share an episode right from your podcast app, or you can send the link to the webpage found in the episode description. My goal is to help millions of women to grow and feel calm and confident in their leadership. And I thank you from the bottom of my heart for helping me to do this. 
and I thank you for helping the woman in your life be the confident leader she is meant to be by introducing her to this podcast. So thank you. I think that another pitfall is that they do wait too long. You alluded to this earlier in the conversation already that it's kind of like when you set expectations. Well, if you wait three months after they've started in the organization to set expectations, they probably have created a lot of bad habits by then. So you have to do it early and often. And and this is one of those same things where we do wait a little too long and then it will never be perceived as positive because Mm -hmm. it creates distrust and, um, yeah, it, it, they've already created these habits and, and your team member is going to look at you or look toward to you to go, where have you been? Mm-hmm. And why am I just hearing this now? I've been doing this for quite some time. I haven't changed. Yeah. And their coworkers are like, when are you going to call them on this? That's like, right. why are you not addressing this behavior? Right. It has a ripple effect to right. how you lead the other people on the team yes. as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Um, but I have to, so I'm going to, I think that is another pitfall though, that what you just shared, and I'm going to, I'm going to pick up on it now is, as you shared it, I think the, the pitfall that leaders can sometimes get into is also sharing the feedback third party. Mm. And so how do they build that camaraderie and the trust and the relationships in their own teams and with business partners so that they are reinforcing people to give the feedback themselves. And yes, as a leader, you have to cultivate it. And what I think I was hearing from you too, is we have to be able to shape it up into a pretty little bow and help them see that there's trends and there's things that people are saying once they've received that feedback and how as a leader, I can support you so that the rest of the team sees that we're working on something together, Uh, right? Yes, this is perfect. I'm so sorry. I'm jumping in here because, because, okay, let's talk about that scenario. Now we have a triangle, right? You're the leader and employee A is tenured, right? They've been around for a while. Employee B is relatively new or new to a task, right? Mm -hmm. Employee A watches employee B do something wrong Mm -hmm. and they come to you and they're like, they're doing it wrong. You need to say something. What conversation do you like with what you just said, right? You can't, you know, give feedback based on what somebody else has seen, heard and experienced. What do you do in that situ- situation? What's the conversation or the coaching you give employee A? In yeah, that I try to remind leaders that they are a conductor, not the conduit. And I think it's important that they understand what that means. And so we are here to support and we're going to collect data. All of us, we as human Mm -hmm. beings, we collect data and uh, themes and trends. Uh, I think it's key to know what is a theme and a trend and we might get to that. But a one or two time one offs are not themes. But I think it's important that when you have a team member that comes to you, it's how are you guiding that team member to address it? So it's also important to note that helping somebody through a task is very different than helping somebody behaviorally. And so I think those two things are going to be very different from the leader. So if in mm-hmm. your case, the situation scenario that you brought up, it's a task. It's a task. Yeah. And it's how does that leader say, okay, so share with me what you think went wrong, what, what they're doing that is incorrect. How would you like to see it done? 
how would you set that expectation and share that with your peer? How mm-hmm. can you come in and help mentor and guide them with that doing the right steps? What does that look like? So now my coaching is not correcting the person they want me to correct, but the person that came to me, I'm coaching them on how to handle that situation and to guide them in the conversation. And so that's really because we have to remember that these are people's perceptions, perspective, opinions. And so it's, and or in a task, it's what they've been told through setting expectations. And so at this point, everybody really should know you can't get in the way of somebody else's perspective. You can't try to share someone else's perspective because then it gets muddied. You have your own biases. The things it, it makes it an awful environment for both you as a leader and your team member. Mm-hmm. But as a leader in that scenario, you can have a coaching conversation with employee A uh, to try to distill that. Is it mm-hmm. is it your opinion that they should do it a certain way, or are they are they going to do the the task ultimately correctly? You mm-hmm. know, in which they. Pr- Correctly meaning they're going to produce the result that we're looking for, but they may be doing it differently than how you would do it, as opposed to they're really doing the task wrong and and need that feedback. But you're the eyes on the ground. So how do I coach you around how to give that person the heads up or the feedback in the moment? And this goes to the episode we did on clarifying questions, because if you are asking all of the right questions for the people that are coming to you with this third party feedback, mm-hmm. it's imperative because as you have as an you have an opportunity as a leader, you want this in the back of your mind. You want to be able to observe and see, are you seeing, hearing whatever somebody else is sharing with you, do you personally see that so that your feedback then becomes yours to provide? And and then that's where there's a difference or a gap if there are themes and trends so that your feedback then becomes about very specific and supportive to the team member to address it based through based on your eyes, but certainly getting others to share and to talk and to have that open, transparent conversation is, is important because that's what's going to cultivate relationships. Perfect. Okay, continue. Thank you so okay. much for that. No, no, I love it. Thank you. Um, I think also it's when leaders provide feedback with no solutions. So kind of what we were saying at this, there no clear direction. So this can happen with third party feedback, right? Well, I, well, I don't know. Somebody came to me and they said that you do this, but I have not really seen it. And and leaders won't say that maybe outright, but the mm-hmm. reality is when they don't have solutions or clear direction for a team member, often it's because either A, they haven't observed it themselves, or they don't really know how to help guide the team member to do it better or best. And that's a Mm -hmm. dangerous place. And you said it at the beginning, how, especially as women, we want clarity. We don't want to mess up. We want specifics. We, We kind of yearn for that. And so if, if our leaders don't give us that information and it's not very clear or they can't give us guidance on how to do it better or best, then often we leave our team members out there just kind of dangling on their own going, I don't, I don't know what to do with this. And all, right. all I know is I'm doing it wrong. That's right. And, then and creates, I have no solution. Yeah. Yep. 
and disengagement, morale issues, productivity issues. So it's too often leaders might be frustrated about it. But again, if they can't take a step back and really get clarity on how to help somebody be more effective, that that I think that is where we often go really wrong. It's it, and it's got to be recent. It's got to be. We said this earlier. It can't be. I, I hear people. Oh, I'm waiting for the right time. Well, is there ever really a right time? Mm-hmm. So it's yes. You don't want to do it if if you know things are going on in their lives, etc. In the first few days, but you wait longer than two weeks, and then unfortunately that person's moved on and they can't follow the lead anymore on what you're really trying to have them be reflective on. Right. And I also want to acknowledge there's a certain level within the organization when somebody is already a leader and they're leading at like the senior executive level, you might get a situation where it's like, okay, you're the expert, figure it out. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you are at that level of the organization and you might even be more expert than the CEO in certain areas. So they're not going to be able to give you the solution, but this is not the level we're talking about. Like chances are you are leading people who are mid-level to like frontline, you know, in your organization. If you are not like, then you've probably like been here, done this with that. But I just wanted to make that, that clarification, like, Chances are, if you're listening to this episode, you are leading people who need more direction than, hey, this is the problem, figure it out. Yeah, I think it depends, though, Jody, based on if it's behavioral or not. Mm. If it's a task. Yeah, say more, say more. Yeah, yeah, well, I guess I just, I don't know. I think if it is, so especially for women, right? So we talk about this, you and me, yeah. and your podcast, women taking the lead. So as Privately, we, but not anymore. Yes. Right. Here it is. Here it is, everybody. But I, there is something to be said about as we try to get up, go up the chain and like, we really want to get to that C-suite or we're, we're doing everything that we can, but sometimes, oh, this one behavior might be holding you back. And yet, if you have a a leader that doesn't know how to help you overcome that behavior or isn't your advocate in helping others understand where that behavior might be driven from and what could be some of the cause and effect, um, everybody takes some level of ownership, right, in people's Mm -hmm. behaviors and how people show up. And so it's that's where there's a win-win for an organization. And and when a team member feels most supported is when a leader will, will hear them out and understand this is what's causing some of this. And then how do we work together to shape that, reshape that narrative? Or what are some key things that I can try on that maybe it's, just I need a different lens for those individuals that are at the seat of the table that I maybe have never experienced before. That's a great example. Okay, so in my example of the senior leadership, it would never be within a scenario. So actually, so if you're listening to this and you're experiencing this, we're saying this this should not be. Um, should being a fantasy, but there is a better way. Um it wouldn't be a scenario where like you're getting or giving someone feedback saying you're too forceful Mm -hmm. in your delivery, Mm -hmm. figure it out. 
right. right? right. That, no, in my mind, when I was giving that example, I was thinking more like, we need to find a way to break it out into new markets. That's figure right. it out. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. I love that analogy. I love that. And this is where we do things as leaders. We tend to sometimes manage people the way we do our tasks. So your analogy is perfect where, yes, okay, I can go. Google is an, a beautiful thing. It's my best friend. I can go out there and I can Google and like put together a plan of attack and look at what other best practices people use when it's task related, when it's specific to a role. And, but now we're talking about identities and people and personalities and communication styles. And I mean, you name it. And, and none of that comes with a roadmap as easily as it does to say, here are five perfect little steps of how you could roll something out to the universe. It, it's just different. And so, and because a lot of this is focused on a person or some people's perception and or opinions. It's hard for people to live up to those. So mm -hmm. if we as leaders just leave that out there and then walk away, being too forceful means what to so many different people? It goes back to you with the setting expectations and the example you gave in the previous podcast, using the words immediately or soon or all it leaves it too open ended. So and so, mm -hmm. so vague. And people are going to go, Oh, so then maybe I try this and then you fall on your face again. So that's what I mean is that just at whatever level it is, when you're talking behavioral, then how do you support them with tips and guidance? And if you don't know that, then leaning on other experts that can help you help mm -hmm. them uh, right. before you go into those conversations and bomb the whole experience between you and your team member. Right. And decide, like, this is also a good place to then also like, like you said earlier, is this my opinion? Do I think like, is this a bias that I have that people should deliver communication this way? And this is the right way to do it, that sort of thing. So there's a, yeah, I know you're going to get into this, Lene, sorry if I'm stealing your thunder, no, but like, there's a I lot of it. gut checking going on through the whole process, like mm -hmm. really examining, like, what are the facts That's here? Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but another pitfall is where leaders can make constructive feedback sound like it's counseling. And mm. so how you show up in the environment and um, how negative you make it, or you really need to correct this, or it just, it sounds so negative. And if we remind ourselves that unless somebody is on a performance improvement plan or you're about to write them up, then the mistakes that team members will make are mistakes that you probably make. <laughs> we all make mistakes every day. So how do we help lift each other up through those mistakes and hope that they're not repeated? Uh, and I think that that is another thing we need to consider. Something I was saying earlier is what's a, what's a theme? What's really a trend? And repeated behavior four times, five times. It depends on how often you have leaned in as a as a coach and as a leader to, to give that praise or to acknowledge where someone's working on something. Or if you've dropped the ball yourself and you've waited six months before you've given them feedback again, and then when you give them feedback six months later, and you've been saying they're doing well, and then they maybe fall off because they haven't heard from you in five months, right? 
that that's on us as leaders as well. So it's really, again, the ownership from both, both parties. I love that. Okay. What, what else do you got for us? I told you this was a long list, right? Um, <laughs> yes. And I, there are several more, everyone. So buckle up, <laughs> buckle up. <laughs> so I think that, um, you know, this next one that we have on this list, Jody, we, it goes in, in line with what we were saying about themes. It's just, it's not nitpicking people. Uh, it, no one's perfect. So if something happens, check in, support but be careful not to label team members on something that happens once or twice in six months. Mm -hmm. That really doesn't constitute a trend. And it really is our responsibility to be advocates for our team members and to help change or keep the narrative of the story about our team members positive, especially if your team member is a top performer or a high performer. I think that's where we have a tendency to be harder on those team members and expect a lot more. And that that weight of the world that we can put on them. And then certainly if we don't uh, keep that narrative positive, we can we can cause some damage there with somebody that we really rely on. Yeah. Um, oh, this one is one of my favorites. So I have a lot of favorites in here, but this one where um, somebody, and it, it goes back to our communication styles, where some tend to not be comfortable in this arena. And so similar to one of the other pitfalls of um, one of the first ones that I think that we had mentioned about bundling it with positive feedback. So there is a balance between being supportive, sincere, kind, then having to wrap everything up into a positive bow. You can't do that sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. This is a candid conversation, but it's not a thing until you make it a thing. But then you have individuals that want to just flower it all up. And here, I'm going to tell you through my own story, this is what happened to me. And then you hope that what your story was is going to resonate with somebody but it, again, leaves it too unclear. Your, people are left to read between the lines and then ask you, did you mean that for me? Were you trying to say something to me? So, again, there's a theme in what we're saying, which is be clear. Right. Clear is kind. Clear is kind. That's yeah. right. Um, so making feedback too personal or too impersonal. I, again, there's a balance there. So offering feedback about the action and not the individual. Mm -hmm. So I know, Jody, for you, you're passionate as well about uh, just really not talking about the their attitude. Oh, right? yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, we were talking about this earlier, how, you know, I will say in training, you can't give feedback on somebody's attitude because all that happens is you get into an argument with them that sounds like, yes, you were. No, I wasn't. Yes, you were. No, I wasn't. So you can't say to somebody, you have a bad attitude you know, or you're displaying a bad attitude, because again, that's vague. It's very, what does it mean to have a bad attitude? So right, break it down. What indicated to you that they had a bad attitude? Don't talk about the attitude, talk about the behavior. So were they rolling their eyes? Were they having a side conversation while you were leading a discussion? You know, were, um, you know, it was it their tone of voice? 
don't use the term bad attitude. Stay as far away from that as possible. Instead, say, you know, inquire like, hey, when I was leading the meeting, you were having a side conversation. I'm going to ask you not to do that because we need, I need to make sure everybody has all the information that I deliver. And when you have a side conversation, you're not only not listening, you're distracting the person you're talking to. Can, or like, can you see like, where that could go wrong. You know, that's having that type of conversation with somebody. Cause again, if you start with like, Hey, you had a bad attitude in the meeting. I mean, even if they, you know, kind of did, you know, where you like, it would be the, the typical bad attitude from their perspective, they're not experiencing bad attitudes. So they're not going to know where you're coming from. What they're going to, what they're experiencing on the inside is discontent, unhappiness or upset. So okay. when you label that bad attitude, now you're also invalidating how they're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. There's just when you, yeah, I'm going to say it again, stay away from bad attitude because when you say those words, you're setting yourself up for misunderstanding, miscommunication and conflict. Okay. I'm okay. getting off my soapbox now. <laughs> no, I love it. And I'm glad that you shared that because I know that it is a, a passion, but it also goes in turn with that pitfall. I think some of the others are pretty, we've kind of indicated about the leader sets the tone. Um, mm -hmm. Boy, do I have a story about that one leader, uh, if we have a chance, but, and then leaders don't establish buy-in or commitment. And mm -hmm. I also think that uh, a, a a huge component to a leader being successful in providing feedback to a team member is to know how to maneuver when someone doesn't take responsibility. And so I think that in itself can cause the strife. But overall, I of all these pitfalls, it's important to remember that it is your perspective and it is often your opinion. And so it's important that we are here to help our team members find their way not yours. We all don't live in each other's, we don't walk in the same shoes. So mm -hmm. how do we help them find their way and help them navigate your perspective? That's key because not mm -hmm. everybody's going to see your perspective as clearly as you might, especially if you're not as clear as, clear as we're saying some leaders can tend to be. Okay, what were your takeaways from my conversation with Lene? What is your approach to providing constructive feedback? And have you had any mishaps in the past? You've heard from Lene and I, now we'd love to hear from you. Head over to LinkedIn to share your thoughts and takeaways on the posts corresponding to this episode. And if your last promotion has you experiencing and confronting challenges you haven't faced before, consider working with me. I would love to support you through this transition, help you get your feet back under you and feeling confident in your leadership once again. You can find a link to schedule a time to chat with me in the episode description. If you're listening through a mobile device, that link will be in your podcast app. If you are listening through the Women Taking the Lead website, the link will be toward the bottom of the episode webpage. As always, I hope this was of value to you and here's to your success.